audio fanfic podcast. Den of Iniquity by Frangie Panny Down Under on AO3. He was fucking a pineapple. The green spikes bobbed up and down, and flesh fell around him in chunks. He thrust harder, and his nostrils filled with sweet perfume. He was fucking a pineapple. How had it come to this? He woke with a start, and a headache thumping in his temples. His tongue was stuck to the roof of his mouth, his face smushed into a pillow that smelt of mildew and fruit. He ripped his cheek off and tried to roll over. His head fell back to the pillow, and his stomach took a few seconds to stabilize. Where the hell was he? The room was unfamiliar, small, shelves crammed with old cameras, flashlights, cables, remote controls, and other electronic paraphernalia. Muller. He turned to see Scully folded up in the corner of the bed, a riot of hair across her face. She was naked. Fucking naked. He stared at her breasts. He was too fogged to be polite. They were just fucking beautiful. And they were pink. Like, bright pink. Scully? He said, and reeled at the stink of his breath. She sat up and groaned. Her hair stayed where it was stuck. She looked at him, up and down, and down and up. She kind of smiled but it was the kind of smile that a kid did before he pooped. Then she threw up, all over the bed. Are you okay, Scully? He stepped away, not really sure how to deal with a naked partner vomiting in a strange bed. She pushed the sheet back and nodded. Water. He turned to see a bottle on the shelf next to him. He untwisted the lid and smelt it. Fuck, Mulder, just give me the fucking bottle. I can't feel any worse if it's poisoned. In fact, it might be a relief. She downed the bottle without letting him have any. His gaze was drawn to her breast, pink and perfect. When she cuffed the water from her mouth, she tried to smile again. You're naked too, Mulder. He looked down. And your dick is bright pink. He opened the door and looked either way. There was a humming sound coming from a room to the left. The corridor was dark brick. Blue light filtered under the door at the end. Scully padded behind him, looking ridiculously adorable, in a silver-gray houndstooth, check dress suit jacket, double-breasted to cover her cerise modesty. He'd found a pair of old tracksuit pants in a drawer that were too large on the waist and fell just below his knees. His dick itched. He blamed that fucking pineapple. Scully would pulp it if she found out he was injured because of it. She'd shoot it to smithereens. She'd bash its green spikes and stick them upside down in a bath full of whatever poison-killed tropical fruit. He turned back to look at her. She shrugged. Sort of. Maybe she was itching her boobs with her forearms. It was hard to tell. It was hard to tell anything at the moment. 
The door pulled back and he took a deep breath, ready to be the FBI agent he really was. Ready to demand they be released. Ready to protect his partner. Oh, hey, Mulder. Hey, Scully, Frohickey said, moving aside to let them through. Wondered when you two lovebirds would make it out of the den of iniquity. How's the head? Langley, some more of the special mixture. Pronto. Byers sat at the desk in a shirt and tie. Did that guy have any casual clothes? He was typing at a keyboard. Did that guy ever do anything relaxing? Agent Scully, I haven't seen that jacket since I slept off my first and only hangover in the den of iniquity. She hugged it closer and nodded vaguely. And Mulder, I think you're wearing Frohickey's pants, Byers said, standing up as Langley walked past him holding two glasses of a violent green liquid. I'm assuming you're unable to speak as a result of the party shenanigans last night, and perhaps your brains might like a little rev up to fill in the gaps in your memory. That punch was a real kicker, Langley said. It's the secret ingredient. Gets him every time. Mulder sniffed the drink. Who is them, and what was the secret ingredient? I don't want to know, Scully spoke softly to him, her face now the same shade as the contents of her glass. And what party shenanigans, she said, turning to Langley, did we get up to? I don't even remember being invited to a party. Her eyes fixed on Mulder, and he swallowed the drink in one hit. The taste going down wasn't so bad. The aftertaste made him gag, and he clamped a hand over his mouth. Frohickey laughed. That's the wheatgrass reacting with the acid in your stomach. Dr. Scully will tell you the only way to cure a hangover is to replace all the missing electrolytes. But this special mixture is scientifically proven to reduce symptoms in less than ten minutes. Scully put her glass on the nearest surface and found a chair. She sat down, only to realize that the jacket wasn't quite long enough to cover her modesty in that position, so she shot back up. Oh, Byers said, looking at his feet. I'll fetch you your clothes. Mulder belched. It felt good. Organic. If I remember rightly, we were invited here for a Hawaiian-themed post-Christmas pre-not-really-the-new-millennium party. A vivid image of Rohickey in a grass skirt and a dozen lei falling from his neck to perch on the rise of his belly flashed behind his eyes. He felt the urge to vomit again. I need to clean up the bed in there, Scully said, looking back over her shoulder. I may have decorated the sheets with whatever secret ingredient was in your punch. Byers arrived with a pile of freshly laundered clothes. He handed Scully hers. I'll clean the room, Agent Scully. Don't worry about it. Remember, I live with these two men, and let me tell you that their abilities to imbibe more than the prescribed dose has often resulted in them sleeping it off in the den. If that room could talk, its secrets would certainly be more revealing than the Roswell incident. Chuckling, Langley flicked on the monitor in front of him. That room can talk. We wired it up to the surveillance system, remember? Mulder's guts churned, and he felt the wheatgrass rise up his gullet. What? Scully blanched and fingered the cheery yellow shirt in her hand. Langley, if you fire up that system, I swear to God I will shoot you. She has form, my friend, Frohickey said, patting Langley on the back. And she brought her gun. 
We need the tape, Mulder said, taking his clothes from Byers. In his pile was a pair of lime green shorts sporting a pattern of parrots and other birds in bright colors around the hems, and a turquoise shirt decorated with small watermelons. He felt sick just looking at them. But somewhere in the deepest recesses of his memory, he recalled saying something about sweet and juicy melons and remembered her telling him she liked cockatoos and cockerels and other birds with big long beaks. Langley shrugged and retrieved the evidence, handing it over reluctantly. Byers offered coffee, but Scully had already disappeared, coming back a few minutes later wearing her outfit. His mouth dropped open. Don't, she snapped and sat down, letting her head flop into her hands. Mulder got changed too, and by the time he got back to the room, there was coffee and buttered toast and a brooding silence. It was Langley that spoke first. The best part was when you danced to the wonder of you. Him or me, Scully asked, holding her coffee tight. Both of you. It was almost like a waltz, but you kept telling Mulder off for moving too quickly. Your skirt swished too much, and you thought he was revealing too much of your legs. Langley grinned, and Mulder shuddered. Scully looked down at herself, and it was really a moot point. No, the best part was when they danced to I'm not in love, Frohickey said with a smirk. Now that was some meta-ironic bullshit if I've ever seen any. Despite a persistent trembling in his hands, Mulder's aim was spot on. The pencil thwacked the little man on the forehead. Keep your meta-whatever to yourself. I disagree, Byers said, straightening his tie. The best part of the evening was when Mulder proposed, and Scully accepted and he carried her over the threshold to the den of iniquity, and we could finally settle up our little wager. Which, he added with a small, smug grin, I won. I knew you two would get it together eventually. Langley looked up to the ceiling with his hands steepled in prayer. Dana Catherine Scully, you are the only one I trust. You are the only one I can imagine putting up with me for more than one day. You are the only one who cares about my reputation. You are the only one who has ever told me I look good enough to eat in a Hawaiian shirt. You are the one who looks hot in a Tweety Pie yellow, and you are the only one I love. Marry me. Scully lifted her hair from her face at that point and stared at him, shaking her head. That was his proposal? Word for word. Then he cried, Langley said. Yours was better, Agent Scully much more lyrical. She proposed too? Mulder asked, trying to move his mouth into a grin, but not quite managing it. And it was more beautiful than mine? I think beautiful was mentioned quite a bit, Byers said, rubbing his beard. Langley cleared his throat. Fox William Mulder, I fucking love your fucking beautiful nose. I fucking love your fucking beautiful mouth. I want to ride your fucking beautiful face for the rest of my fucking life. It would be fucking beautiful if we could fuck right now, but I'm not sure your fucking beautiful dick would be up to it, but your beautiful fucking tongue would look fucking beautiful on my... Enough! Scully yelled, then grimaced. Mulder covered his ears. We get the picture, she said in a whisper. What the hell was in that punch? The kitchen was a mess. There were half-empty bottles of every spirit standing across the surfaces. 
There was enough fruit to start a farmer's market. There were empty beer cans, soda bottles, sparkling wine bottles. There was V8 tomato juice, and there was a cake decorating kit. I don't remember a cake, Mulder said as he and Scully surveyed the detritus. I don't remember anything, she replied, and that is fucking beautiful. There was no cake, Byers said. Frohickey used the cochineal coloring to make the punch look vampire-aliciously pretty. His own description. We told him the party was Hawaiian-themed, but you know how he sometimes loses all sense. Mulder bent down to Scully's ear. That might explain the pink. She swallowed slowly and looked away. I don't remember. I'm sorry, Mulder. Neither do I, and believe me, I'm more sorry. Her smile was weak, but it broke through, and he had a vivid memory of her cutting the tops off the pineapples and somehow tying them to a band and strapping them to her head so she looked like a tropical and somewhat more spiky Princess Leia. I told you you'd look good in a gold bikini, he said to her. And I said I wasn't anybody's sex slave, she replied, nodding at the memory. And I said, more's the pity. And I said we do have a bed in the den of iniquity, Frohickey interrupted. And seeing as, you're practically married now, Byers added. We might as well stay the night, Scully said. And see whether we can put the notion of you as sex slave to the test. Mulder finished, it's all coming back to me now. Must be the special mixture, Langley said. It's almost as potent as the punch. We should go, Scully said, pulling on his hand. Before I find my gun and shoot them all, call us a cab. Scully's apartment was way too bright, but it was clean, quiet, and wasn't filled with evidence of their wild night. The tape sat on his pocket, burning a hole in his ridiculous shorts. Scully made tea, a ginger and mint infusion that woke his senses, and they sat at her polished table. I'm really sorry, Scully, he said after a while. I know you didn't even want to go to that party, and this is just a mess. She reached out her hand to his, covering it and squeezing. It's fine, Mulder. I'm a big girl. I can usually handle my liquor, but clearly that punch was something else. I just wish I could remember our lovemaking. Her voice rose tentatively. They both knew it wasn't the right word. He felt the stirrings of laughter and tried to hold it back, but it was too hard. He chuckled, and so did she. I had a dream that I was fucking a pineapple. Wasn't a dream, Mulder. I can't believe I did that with the tops. She covered her face and giggled. I haven't been that drunk, ever. Maybe next time we do this, we should commit to not drinking beforehand. I'm committing to never drinking again. But are you saying there'll be a next time, Scully? He tried not to sound too hopeful, but she just smiled. I'm going to have a shower, see if I can get the cochineal stains off. He stood up. Can I come too? She cocked an eyebrow and left him with his tea and his optimism. When she returned, wrapped in a fluffy white robe, he knew why he'd proposed. She looked soft and fresh and fucking glorious. Your turn, Mulder, she said, sinking next to him. She put a hand on his thigh and leaned into him, revealing a fair portion of newly scrubbed breasts. It comes off if you rub hard enough. He knew the hangover was beginning to wear away when his cock tingled at her words. He pulled the tape from his pocket, 
And afterwards, we can watch the honeymoon video. If you like this story, please follow the link to the writer's page and leave some love. Kudos, comments, or subscribe. They'll love hearing from you. Then you can head over to our Patreon page and contribute to Audio Fanfic Podcast. As a member, you are granted early access to one new story per month. That's www.patreon.com slash audiofanficpod. Thank you for listening, and remember, the stories are out there.